Welcome to the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, the interview series. I'm Gary Lawless. The podcast is presented by The D Hotel. And today's guest is National Hockey League referee, Wes McCauley. Wes, welcome to the program. Oh, hey, Lolly, how you doing? Uh, thanks for having me. Yes, well, uh, unique circumstances. And uh, you are in Portland, Maine, and I'm in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. And we're t- con- talking to each other through uh, the marvels of modern technology. But uh, um, I've often, I've preferred our conversations uh, in hallways or outside dressing rooms in uh well, in a bunch of leagues, the Colonial Hockey League, the International Hockey League, the American Hockey League, and the National Hockey League, we've um, we've been crossing paths for a long time. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. It, it's almost, I guess we go back to the old uh, Colonial League uh, with Thunder Bay. That's back in the mid-90s with uh, my coach there was Steve Ludzik and, uh, you know, Billy McDonald uh, was in Thunder Bay and... I remember those road trips up there, and I'll tell you one thing. I don't miss going into that building on a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday night. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, it was, Fort William Gardens was the building, and they had Bruce Ramsey and Mel Engelstad in the lineup. Bruce is still coaching, and uh, yeah. in uh, I think he's in Wichita. And, okay. And Mel's a fireman in uh, in Western Canada, but they were two of the toughest guys yeah. you'd ever come across. And uh they tried to run you out of the rink, you, and you played yeah. defense for uh, for the Muskegon F- Fury with uh, Steve Ludzik was the coach, right? With Ludzik, yeah. And, I mean, we had our fair share. We had the Melanson brothers, Rob and Stan, and we ended up the one year uh, we ended up losing to Thunder Bay in the finals. The one year we had, uh, we ended up picking up Gary Coupel. You know, I think a guy we forget too. Um, Thunder Bay had his old Vern Ray. You know, like so. Sure. <laughs> he he kind of was like the cherry on top of the Sunday. So. Wow. They, well, they had, like I like they had guys like Tom Warden in the lineup that could uh, that, yeah. that could fight as well, and uh, and Jerry Saint Cyr was pretty good with the stick, as was Terry Menard. Yeah. They had a great player there, Jason Firth. Who was a really yep, good player yep. in the Ontario Hockey League, and he'd get called up. Uh, the Manitoba Moose in the IHL would call him up, and he'd go up there, and he, you know, he was used to playing the power play, and uh, and every second shift in Thunder Bay, he'd go to Manitoba, and they'd want him to play on the fourth line, and he'd uh, light a cigarette up in front of the coach and say, "Send me back to Thunder Bay. I don't yeah. like this." Yeah, that's uh, no. There was some great. I mean, I I guess. The, the guy that would be comparable to him for us, Muskegon, was that Brett Sagan. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he just, everywhere he went, he was a phenomenal OHL player, put up a lot of points, same with in Muskegon there, and I think he went on to, to have a pretty good career finish out there in Idaho somewhere. Uh, um, that reminds me of kind of guy I played with in college, Kip Miller. Uh, my freshman year was his senior. He won the Hobie Baker, and I think that was kind of the same thing with him. He, in the IHL, you know, he was always one of the top scorers. And then, you know, he'd go to the NHL and, you know, he'd, he'd be on the fourth line and he wouldn't really, per, you know, get an opportunity to produce. But uh, it's kind of, you know, I mean, we got those stories. We've seen those players all over the place, right? Yes, you bet. So let's go back to, you know, to when you were a player, actually, and maybe even a little farther than that. Your father, the late John McCauley, the late great John McCauley, a fantastic referee, 
uh, and, uh, and his career cut short and I have been doing a bunch of homework on you. And I knew that, I knew that your father's career as a referee was cut short due to an eye injury, but I had no idea how it occurred. Could you mind telling me that story, Wes? Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously we were, we were younger back then. I, um, you know, I, I'm obviously hearing the story second, third hand from a lot of the, you know, a lot of his, the men that he came up with, uh, you know, my uncle Ron Finn, who, you know, who great ref, uh, a, a great uh, official, you know, and I mean, you would have crossed paths with, with his son, Sean, right. Who yep. was a, a linesman in the IHL, uh, back in the day out of the Houston area. But, um, so I, the story goes from, from what I've been told and was that they, after a game or dad was actually the standby after a game, the NH, the NHL all-stars had played kind of the, um, Russian national team and, it was in New York and I, you know, I guess a disgruntled fan didn't really like some of the calls or whatever. And, and dad just said, Hey, the game's over with and, you know, move on. And I guess he didn't really like it. And later on in the night, he ends up, um, you know, hitting dad or, you know, kind of, kind of blindsiding dad and dad. And, and I guess dad's when he fell, the side of his eye kind of hit the corner of a table and he couldn't, you know, you know, I guess the biggest thing that I remember kind of about those years was um, dad used to would walk us to school and, you know, he'd walk, he'd walk, to, walk us to school and then get on the bus to, to go down to Toronto to see another specialist or maybe another doctor to, um, to try to get back onto the ice. Uh, he loved working. I mean, that was his passion was, you know, being out there on the ice and, uh, you know, so, you know, it was, it was interesting, like for two years, he, he did that. And, um, and I think that's what kind of helped him transition into the management role a little bit as he was doing that. He was also helping out some of the younger officials that were coming up and not sure if you know, but he, he had a pretty extensive background in coaching lacrosse. Uh, dad used to, dad was a great lacrosse player. He's in the you know, lacrosse hall of fame, both, um, from a team standpoint and, and, uh, coaching, he coached those Minto cup teams and you being familiar with the Brampton Excelsiors, you know, the Peterbilt teams, all of that. They, yep. So, so he coached he co the Excelsiors. He coached the Excelsiors. They won the man cup, I think in 1980, but if we go back 1978, um, team Canada, he was an assistant coach for team Canada at the world field lacrosse yeah. championships. And it was England. And I ended up being, I was six. I ended up being the mascot. I carried <laughs> the flag for the team. And uh, wow. we got shellacked by the U.S. in the, we, I say, you know. Sure, I was, yeah, you know, I was yeah, six, yeah. but, but um, <laughs> the team got shellacked by uh, the U.S. in the kind of round robin. And it ends up, they met again in the, in the finals. And um, Team Canada, you know, ends up winning in double overtime to beat the U to beat the U S to, to win the worlds. And, and dad was, um, obviously he was an assistant coach and I was, and so, uh, 
you know, it was pretty, you know, pretty neat there. For that, sure. You know, going back. Well, you know, you just said that you were six and you were carrying the flag. One of my best friends from childhood is a guy named Paul Day, and he is the general manager of and coach of the Philadelphia Wings in the National Lacrosse League. And then he runs the, the Peterborough Lakers in the summer, and they've won the Man Cup the last couple of years in a row. And his son, Mac, is well, Mac is nine now, but uh, uh, he's there's all these pictures of Mac holding the man cup that yeah. uh, that Paul sends me, and uh, I'm just uh, tying the two things together. It's it's quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, so you, you know you you I don't know if people realize what a brotherhood referees are, and it, it, you know, and it's because you work with different guys every night. So, you know, if you're working a game in Philadelphia on a Tuesday and Kelly Sutherland is the guy you work with, and then on Friday night you work in New York City and it's Tim Peel or whoever it is, you're with different guys all the time and you become, you really become connected like a, like a big family, a brotherhood. Yeah, we do. Like, um, so different sports or different officiating sports, They like in baseball, they travel as crews in that we uh, just for we have uh, probably I think I think we have 81 uh, contracted officials. 68 of them are, you know, National Hockey League, uh, 34 referees, 34 linesmen. Then we have another 15 guys down in the um, minor leagues. So I guess my math doesn't really add up. Maybe it's 83. So, so yeah. sorry about that. Right. <laughs> I wasn't a mathematician in school, eh? So you better be but, careful because um, uh, all the referees I phoned to do the research on this, they're going to be listening to this uh, yeah, to this yeah. to this podcast. They'll be teasing you about your math. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah. So we, like you said, is each and every night. It, it it's kind of like your own little, I guess, uh, business a little bit, right? Like you. You know, you go from city to city and you meet up with uh, different guys, which, you know, I, I think it's I think it's good. Um, I mean, you know, Lolly being a, being on the road for quite a bit all these years. Uh, it's nice to meet up with different guys. They have different interests, different personalities or they're, they're all in different stages of their career. So, um, you know, and, and it, you get a different perspective on the game because um, they might have saw something one night going into a game and uh, that they can bring some intelligence for for our uh, game that we're going to work together. So you are, uh, you're finishing up your career, you, you know, a great college career, D1 career in Michigan, and then uh, you play, you know, play a little bit. You played in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Thunder in the International Hockey League for uh, for two games. I texted two games, yeah. I texted Rod Buskis yesterday and yeah. said, uh, "Busky, have you got any stories about Wes McCauley?" He said he was only here for two games, Gary. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I, I might have practiced. I might have practiced more than I uh, than I played. You know, so um, yeah. So, anyways, your your career kind of winds down, and then it's time to 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 look at the next stage, and um, yeah. and you decide you're gonna you're gonna give refereeing a kick. I I'm told that you took to it like a a duck to water, except for one thing, you couldn't put your arm above your head, you couldn't hold your arm straight up to to signal a penalty. What's that all yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. It still might be like that. I don't know. It, it seems like when my left arm goes up, it's like I'm I'm delivering a pizza or whatever. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that seems. To, there's some nights that people tell me I don't get my arm up enough. So. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah. So I, I guess 
you know how it is some, sometimes in life it, it it's um timing's everything right uh, as i was finishing up my career uh, the NHL was talking about transition from the the old traditional three man system to four four officials, and you know, fortunately for me, I, some people took a little bit of an interest, and in, and when I was playing, uh, some of the the old uh, managers from the late John D'Amico to to Matt Pavlich, uh, you know, men like that who were good friends of my dad and worked with my, my dad had, had said, "Have you, have you ever thought about it?" and um, Andy Van Helleman was uh, was running the East Coast League at the time from the officiating standpoint, and uh, I reached out to him, and and he had said, you know, give it a shot, and and it ended up. Uh, I moved. Uh, my wife and I had got married in 1998, and we ended up moving to the Cincinnati area. And at that time, they had an IHL team, an American League team, and there was quite a few East Coast League teams in the area. And, and I thought, okay, um, you know, I'll give this a shot for a few years, and and fortunately for me, uh, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of worked out, and I get to uh, stay on the ice with, you know, I know I'm biased, and I'm sure you you have the same opinion of me, with the best athletes in the world, and and the best sport in the world, and uh, you know, I, I pinch myself every day sometimes to think, hey, I'm out there on the ice, so. It's, uh, I have to admit, uh, I've, I've covered a lot of sports and uh, I love the Canadian Football League and I've been to a bunch of Super Bowls, but to me, uh, being in the hockey rink and watching a game is, uh, is, by, far the, is by far the best. I get, uh, I get more excited watching hockey than I do watching anything else and, uh, and that's pretty cool. I, you know, I'm, you mentioned Andy Van Helmond. And uh, I got to know Andy over the years, and he was uh, he helped along a lot of young officials. And um, it, when he was at the top of his game, he was as good as anybody else uh, when it when it comes to ref, refereeing. You're in Cincinnati, and your brother—I guess you guys call him Reg—but his name was Blaine, right? Why do you Blaine, call him yeah, Reg? Yeah. Well, he, you know, he was one of those guys. He. He was a, he was another kid. He was a great lacrosse player, real good hockey player, but he always seemed to be wanted to be uh, involved in everything. You know who I would? You remember Kevin Kerr way sure. back in the day? Yeah, you know, great goal scorer, but always seemed to be involved in all the stuff that was going on and and uh, like to stick his nose into it. <laughs> yeah, since the day he was I don't know born, he always had this little feisty side to him and. Uh, in everything from like right from mites on up uh, he loved the physical part of it and and uh so we always i guess used to joke with him we called him reg i, I don't know why if we just thought we took it from slap shot or okay. whatever yeah. <laughs> you know and, and it's kind of always kind of stuck with him but uh yeah so in cincinnati right we uh he, he played in dayton there and he you know for uh he, uh, you know, I, I ended up reffing him. I ended up reffing him both in the East Coast League and a few games in the American Hockey League. So, uh, as he the was first time to, you refereed him, you gave him two penalties. Oh, he probably deserved about ten there, Lolly. Jesus, you know. <laughs> so your mom. I think he was. I think he was the, I think he was the only guy. Your, your mom didn't see it that way. No, no, mom never saw it that way. He remember he was the baby. 
<laughs> right. So mom, you know, the babies can get away with everything. Right. So he always, but, uh, I think he was the only guy still using a wooden stick and everyone else had switched to the old <laughs> aluminum two pieces. So if it tells you anything about type of player he was. <laughs> well, explain to people why the, the heavier wooden stick, what it was used for. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they used to say, um, the heavier when you laid the lumber on people in there front of the net. And, uh, so you tried to make sure that Maybe the next time the puck came into your zone, maybe when they got the lumber laid on them early in the game, they wouldn't really go there uh, or want to really go there uh, um, to score some goals. So, My favorite referee was always Mick Magoo, and uh, I got to know Mick real well off the, off the ice. He was a big Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan, had season tickets. For years, and uh, um, I'd like to hear you. I'd like to hear your thoughts on on Mick. We lost him uh, two years ago, which is uh, yeah. still can't believe that. But uh, uh, what a fantastic guy! Oh, Mick. I mean, I. Uh, I mean, there's so many stories. I mean, it's interesting. Like I go back with Mick. I I remember going with Dad. You know, Dad hired Mick, right? Yeah. So I remember going with Dad to like St. Catharines to watch Mick work, and and uh, you know. And, he had such a great passion for the game, but I, I got a couple, I mean, I got a couple little stories about him. So one night, uh, Mick and I are on a road trip together, four games. So we're in Montreal and I'm not sure, but I think Mick is going to clean up diving this night. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. I think we had four embellishments. Penalty. And, but the worst part about it was anytime I called a penalty, Mick would come in and tell me the guy dove. You got to call diving. So you can just imagine, and that's when we first started the announcing, right? Yeah. A guy gets completely taken down and Mick feels he's, he's diving and I'm being a young guy. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going against Mick, right? So I'm announcing. So the home team thinks they're getting a power play. And, I, and then I'm firing in the announcement that their players also got an embellishment. <laughs> so, but... I, I think the most that I still, Mick had a real, I mean, you know, Mick let you know where you stood in that. But what I miss the most, uh, I'm, you know, we miss Mick quite a bit, but he always seemed to call me in February of every year, um, you know, and it was always like, hey, hey, Wes, how you doing? And and I go, hey, Mick, how you doing? And he, he'd go good. And he goes, ah, I hate to make this call, but I just got to make it. And he goes, you got to make sure you're calling the standard. <laughs> and I just, and he goes, just, I know you can do it. And, and, but he, he always made you feel like real good about yourself when you let, and it, it's funny because after he passed and I just was like, you know, when that time period came by, right. Where he had usually called me and I'm like, I missed his call. Like, yeah. You know, so it, uh, uh, he's such a, he was so animated. He's, he brought such a passion to our game. And, you know, he, he's that guy who was contagious. When you're out on the ice, you know, you saw the passion Mick had to be out there and work and, and uh, you know, and and then you'd be on the road with him. And he, he was such a, you know, you just enjoyed his company, right? I, I mean, he people everywhere gravitated to him. And, uh, you know, you could hear the same story from him a hundred times, but for whatever reason we we always got we always came back right sure you know it's interesting calling the standard um 
One of the things that you hear said about you all the time is that you're a player's referee and that you have a sense of fairness. And those two things can get in the way of, of calling the standard because you're in the flow of a game and things are going a certain way. And sometimes you're like, well, yeah, that's, that's cross-checking or that's a hook. But in the context of what's happening tonight, it's not. And how do you how do you straddle that line? Well, I I think it's you know I think it's tough. I, I go back to when I first got into officiating. I, I kind of you know and and the games evolved. Like I'm you know I first got in I was late nineties right and and the games evolved to to where we are today and um you know but I I try to do three simple things or. And my dad had written down, I saw a little notebook, had three, you know, call the obvious penalties, you know, call the goal scoring opportunities that are taken away and then call the match penalties. And it, and then it, his note was, you get those three things it, it, over the course of a 60 minute uh, game, everything else pretty well evens out. And so I've tried to keep it simple that way. Now, you know, I mean, we have our standard, which I think that, you know, that the players, have you seen, Lolly, is he, they've adapted to the standard. It's, you know, there's more conformant, um, conformance from the players. And, and I think that's what's made our game so great. I think that's what's made, you know, so exciting and so fast. And, uh, but I try to go back to those three, I guess, simple little, uh, you know, points that dad had made and, um, you know, way back when. You've done, I think, seven Stanley Cups. You've been in seven seven series. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, last year, I, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. I, I unfortunately got injured and I got name. I, I never dropped the puck yeah. in any games or stepped on the okay, ice. Okay, name for seven, but I've done six. That's yeah. that's a pretty good run. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to keep it going. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that but that is it's for the referee to get to the Stanley Cup. It's just like the players, right? It means you're the best. The, the best teams are in the Stanley Cup. The guys calling the games happen to be the best as well. So it's a real nice. Uh, it's it's earned, but it's a nice compliment as well. Yes, it, and you know, I mean, we all go to training camp and just like the teams, and like we said, is the 68 guys at the end of the day. Uh, there's eight guys left and you know you want to represent the group you take a lot of pride in that and and remember at the end everyone remembers who won the stanley cup and you know you you want to leave there to represent that no one's really talking about the officiating right over the course of the summer and so um it's it's always a goal and it's something we strive for uh every year each guy i don't know if you saw it the other day but carrie fraser wrote a story about uh about a whole bunch of things but in the story he talks about uh, uh the missed high stick uh that uh, wayne gratzky put on doug gilmore i think that's game six of uh of the eastern conference uh uh, final uh, and might have been, might have been the West. I forget because he was with LA, so uh, um, must have been uh, Gretzky was with LA, so it must have been the West. And then, or maybe it wasn't West and East. Then it was probably Campbell and Wales. So a little, a little convoluted. Anyways, that, none of that matters. Kerry says, you know, after watching it, you know, that I missed that call and and that I that I wish I hadn't. That. It, to me, the the ability we have, there's a weird thing in hockey, and that the players make mistakes on every play. That's it's a game of mistakes, 
and the referees are are competing and are working in the exact same environment, same speed, diff, all these bodies flying around, and there are going to be mistakes made by the referees 100%. That's just, that's, that's part of the business. Now we dissect their mistakes and put them on all these screens, but the, the ability for, of Carrie now to say, I wish I had had that other call. How do you make sure you don't take it personal? And you know, when you miss something that you can say, to, you can admit to a coach or a player, I missed that one. Yeah, I think maybe that's where growing up with my dad, there was, you know, I was in his office many, many times in the old Mantella building in, in Toronto where an irate coach or GM would, would call or, you know, it, it is different nowadays. Like we've talked, Lolly, about being down in the hallway, right? You, you've seen a lot of confrontations between coaches versus the other coach, coach, referee, um, those days have kind of changed a little bit, but we used to be down there. Um, you know, my brother and I, my sister and I, you, you know, we'd be down when the GM would come down and, and be yelling at dad, you know, about what happened that night. And in the end, I, I know uh, the teams, the coaches and that they're, you know, the players, they're judged by wins and losses and, you know, they want to win the Stanley Cup. Just like when I played, I, I wanted to win, you know, the championship in the Colonial League or the NCAA championship. So, uh, you know, you do your best. A lot of the times um, we're fortunate, I think, uh, you know, being in the hockey business, a lot of times they're not really, they don't really get personal with you. They're just, they're mad at maybe that situation or that call. And, um, you know, I, I would say that, you, you could argue that the officiating is, is you know, at an all-time high with our, I mean, we... Without question. Guy, you, you know, the yeah. guy, but but the scrutiny is at an all-time high. Yes. Also. I mean, these guys are pulling out iPads, um, you know, on the bench, taking a look at their shifts. So they've probably watched a replay of a penalty that Wes McCauley's called 20 times before they say anything to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if yeah. I'm right or wrong. Yeah. It is amazing. Like uh, you look at, uh, you're you're a hell of a skater. But I'm not even sure you're in the top ten in the NHL anymore. Like there's a lot of guys that, that you know. Well, let's not be bringing that up. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Walkham would be listening to this, and he'd be going, "See, even Lolly thinks you're diminishing." No, skills. no, you still get around. <laughs> you, you still Jeez. get. You still get around fine. But you know, and like, listen, Gordy Dwyer's not. I, I'm not sure Gordy's the best skater in the NHL anymore. And the, the guy that called the antelope for a long time because of that beautiful long stride. You have to be able to skate now at. An NCAA, a major junior, uh, or Canadian university level. You've got to be able to skate at that level to, to be in the NHL. And there's a bunch of guys now, like Peter McDonald, Garrett Rank, Rank, these guys, they come up, they can, these guys can fly. They can, they can skate well as some of the players. And that to me, that and the training and the, the great role that the Mick Magoos and Don Van Mass and Holman, it's like the supervisors that are around at every game to give you feedback and to, to mentor uh, the, the officiating is, is far better than ever, than it ever has been. Yeah, no. And, and, and I think that, you know, that's even, we see it at, you know, for the players level too, right? I mean, what really you go watch a game, what really sticks out geez, person can't really move that well. Right. Yeah. I mean, so everyone has to be able to skate and, and you have to stay up there. 
to think I still can move around with those old ICM blades too, Lolly. You know, <laughs> I haven't even come into the new age yet. Don't blame the, the equipment, Wes. <laughs> well, maybe I get those. I just come out of nowhere. What, um, you know, when, when you look at yourself as a referee, what's, uh, you know, I, I guess when, when I look at it, you know, obviously you've got a real feel for the game, but your comfortability with the players and the coaches, I think is, uh, that's a really important part of, of, of how you do it. You know what I think? I just try to be myself. Yeah. I, I go out onto the ice and, um, you, you know, I just, how I am on the ice, I am off the ice. I, I, I could live at a, a rink. I grew up at one, right? And I, like, I really believe in anything in life, whatever profession you're in, you have to really have a, a passion for it. And, um, you know, when I'm home, I like to be at the rink with the kids, uh, and that, so I, I think that's all. I mean, and really, that all they want from you is an honest effort to work and and you know to communicate. I I can tell you a quick story. So I was in the American League, and not sure what happened. We, we had an afternoon game on a on a Sunday, and you know I won't name the coaches or whatever. But so the game was was supposed to be at one o'clock, uh, but for whatever reason. The visiting team and the officials weren't notified that they switched it to four. So we're at this ring. So I'm sitting in the crowd and we're just, you know, just sitting there waiting to get going. And um, I was sitting with the assistant coach and we're, we're talking and his his head coach was pretty fiery, pretty fiery guy. And he, he'd get kind of I said, how's it going? This and so we talked for a minute and he says, uh, just before we kind of went our separate ways, he goes, can you do me a favor tonight? And I said, yeah. He goes, the guys aren't going over to say hi to, you know, before the game. He just likes the guys to acknowledge him. It frustrates him before the game even starts. It. And I said, oh, okay. So I go over before the game, before we drop in the old puck. I go, hey, coach, how you doing? How's everything going? And he goes, oh, good, 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 Wes. Oh, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Well, Ollie, I had the worst game I think I had had in a long time. <laughs> okay. His players are yelling at me and that. And he goes... All I hear him on the benches, shut up, shut up, leave him alone. He's working hard. He's working hard. Leave him alone. And I'm going, Jesus, if, if I had known, I just got to say hi to the coaches before the game and be this easy, it'd be great. But so I guess my point is, is, you know, they just want, you know, you know how it is. They just like to be acknowledged and, and to communicate and, and to let them know that you're there and, and you're working and, and uh, you're going to do the best job you can that night. All right. You make the, uh, the your your very uh, well known call uh, oh. well, two guys for fighting and you do the yeah, yeah, the motion yeah. but I'm told that 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 you weren't the first guy to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's what he says, you know. But I guess you know he, he can uh, Who's he? name his name. Yes, we all know. We got to name his name. Tell the story. <laughs> I guess he says I stole I stole it from him. Well, I mean. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have went off the ice then. And, and so it's our boss, Stephen, right? Yeah, and Stephen Walkham. You know, uh, but I, I, I'd done it. I just got caught that night. I'd done it before, like in L.A., and I'd done it in Philadelphia. They really loved it when I did it in Philadelphia, right? I bet you. you know, so. Um, but uh, yeah, I get caught up in it a little bit, and we, you know, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of you know. That night, you got to remember, though, Lolly, that that's the game. That was early in the game. 
it was Tory Krug against um, you know Shaw. Yep. From uh, he's you know he was in Montreal at the time, right? And the game before they played each other, remember Shaw felt Krug hit him with a bit of a, a cheap little shot in the head. And so we dropped the puck and bang, like in the dressing room, we're ready to go. Like, hey, we got to be ready that they're going to. And we dropped the puck and the two of them get it out of their system right away. And it was a pretty good scrap and the place is kind of going. And and so I was kind of into it. So I fire them out. But But in the end, we didn't have to, the game just went after because they took care of maybe their whatever yeah, and got it done and over with. And, and we were able to just play hockey. And, and uh, so, but every once in a while, I guess we get fired up though. And so it's interesting how that, you know, I would, would maybe get you to talk about that for a little bit. I know a veteran player who was, he was playing in the Vancouver, Colorado game when, uh, when Todd Bertuzzi, uh, uh, jumped on uh, Steve Moore and uh, he said, you know, this was taken care of earlier in the game and then they should have just sat Moore on the bench. They shouldn't have played him again. And that would have been, that would have been, been the end of it. Like you have to have a feel for some of these game things as well. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I mean, I think, you know, that's, you know, the fortunate part as the game has evolved, we, we have more intelligence at, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't prejudge the game, but you have a little more intelligence um, going into the games. And, you know, we, we have pregame meetings before we, we go through. And like we said, I, I think that to go back to working with different guys, you're able to, you know, learn from different guys that might've been involved in a game where there was a little bit of history between player X and, and player Y. And um, this particular night, we had known that, you know, there was a little history between the two players and they ended up uh, addressing it and, and, you know, and, and we went from there. The uh, Jonathan Marsh is so after, um, after the Cody Eakin uh, major penalty call in uh, game seven between San Jose and, uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights last playoff, he said after the game, he was quite emotional. And he said, like, I don't blame the referees, like give them, give them help. It's a fast game. They make mistakes. We make mistakes. Help them. And they did. They changed the, they tweaked the rule a little bit so that you guys can, uh, can have a look at it when, uh, you want to decide if it's a major penalty or not. Do you, do you like that rule change? I do. Yeah. Um, we're able, so this year we implemented, uh, any, any major or match penalty that we call or any, um, that we we review it to confirm the call or or reduce it, and then we also have the ability to um, confirm a double minor high stick to make sure that it was the opposing player uh, high sticking a guy. I, I mean, look at technology now. What we're on, Lolly, you, you yeah. know what I'm saying. I, I my three kids are obviously home during these uncertain times, and they're doing online classes, and so. Uh, we're able to use it. Um, the game, as we've talked about, we, we go back to 93, 94, where we kind of first got introduced to each other and, and to where we are now. And it, it's, um, you know, and, and I think it's only going to get, uh, technology is only going to improve. And, and I think anything that can help us uh, get to the correct call, uh, it's for the betterment of the game. And, and I think, in the end, we're all trying to 
when you go on the ice to at the to start a game, you go on the ice and you hope that the game is fair and safe. And if if we can use technology to help us keep the game fair and safe, um, we're all for it. Players, you know, you hear them talk about it's an 82 game schedule and uh, it's tough to be uh, tough to be at your best for every game. How many games will you referee in a year? So we do um, we do 73, 74 games a year. Yeah. So how do you make sure that uh, the performance that you give on a Tuesday night in a in a small market that's not on national TV is the same as the performance you give on uh well, you used Montreal as an example before earlier. Uh, Saturday night in Montreal that's on Hockey Night in Canada. Well, I think that's being a pro. A pro. And, and I think as we've seen, just like with players, right, you you want to establish yourself as, you know, a, a certain work ethic or a certain type of official. And so when you go on the ice every night, they expect you. And, you know, so if I use myself for an example, they – they expect me to be at a at a Stanley Cup, um, you, you know, performance type of you know uh, standard, and you know I hold myself to that standard too. So I think it's just all about uh, you know being a professional and and doing what's right. We're here to serve the game and doing what's right for the game. How if you compared your fitness level to uh, right now to when you first got in the league? You know what? I would probably say I can compare my fitness level to when I played. I, I'm probably in better shape now than I was when I played. Like I do workouts now that I, I mean, I think of, um, I go back to Michigan state, you know, I never lifted a weight in my life. You know, you know we do testing and the first year we did, I think our testing was, uh, well, I, I know our testing was, um, 135 on the bench as many times as you could. Uh, remember that old leg press machine where you kind of yep. sank down in you and push as much weight as you could one time. I never used and, it, but I remember walking by it. <laughs> yeah. Remember walking by watching guys say, <laughs> trust me, I didn't really use it that much either. Um, so, and then the last thing was dips with a, like a weighted, you know, Oh my and, God. And that was, I think my first year at Michigan state, I might've done three. Like I, I, you know, and and my buddy Brian Smolinski, who went on to have a great career in the NHL, he had over a thousand games. I I think he did one. So, so <laughs> how many know. could you do now? Oh, I can do more than three. I can tell you that. Much, how many could know? How many could Smolinski do now? He might only be able to do one, but he's got a thousand games in the NHL. So you know what? That uh, and that gives you that's part of the edge, right? Like the being in in condition like that allows you to 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 physically perform his, all season long. Yeah, and and I think it's it's more about mobility now, right? As you see, I mean, these guys are coming. You got to move. Um, you get it. You have to anticipate. Um, you know, so that they can make these plays. And I, I'm going to tell you that there's times out there you're like, oh, thank thank the Lord I got out of the way there because this, you know, this player made this play and it led to a good chance or, or, or a good defensive play. What, you know, and so I think that's, you know, the mobility and, 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 and staying, you know, staying attached and that, but you're right. We have to, you know, it's not like my dad, when my dad used to run around um, in old Georgetown, we lived on Greystone court and he used to run around the, um, 
little cul-de-sac in a in a black garbage bag <laughs> the month of August. And my mom had to tell all the neighbors he's trying to lose weight. So if he stops to get, have a little snack, don't give it to him. <laughs> if you could referee tomorrow night and you can pick uh, two linesmen and a partner from any era, who would you have out there with you? Well, I would pick my uncle Ron Finn on the lines. Uh, the other one would be... Uh, the other Tough one call would be, between Scampi and D'Amico? Yeah, the other one would be between, you know, um, Scamp and D'Amico. But you know what? I'll throw a, I'll throw a, rink, uh, I'll throw a little wrinkle into that. I would put the big co on the lines because <laughs> he used to re- he used to do the lines, but, and then obviously so that's you know, so you're you're saying uh, Don Koharski, not Terry. Don Koharski, yeah, because yeah, Terry, you, you would have worked with Terry along the way too, right? Yeah, Terry, and yeah, so uh, so I do obviously Uncle Ron. I would do Don Koharski, and then obviously my dad. You'd have your dad. That'd be a pretty good lineup. You guys can handle yeah, the they, game pretty yeah. nicely. I'm not sure there'd be any penalties called that <laughs> night, but uh, unless the big cold came out. No, my Uncle Ron used to love to call too many men. So, he did, eh? So maybe we'd have a too many men, eh? <laughs> I, um, it, it, I, I, you know, you know this about me. I love referees. I love the, I love the history of it. And uh, I got to know uh, uh, Moose Myers uh, when he was the commissioner, of Bob Myers, when he was commissioner of uh, of the Colonial Hockey League and then uh, we both we have a mutual friend Brian Graham who worked yep. his way yep. through uh, yep. uh, every minor league uh, uh, that there was and uh, a good and a good. great I mean a great official I mean yeah he, you know back I mean I came up through the East Coast League with him he was a little ahead of me in the East Coast League but he was kind of he was the guy down there right that uh, you had a Louisiana Baton Rouge game and it was usually Big Brian who was, uh, you know, was on the, you know, was scheduled to work that night. The rest of the the, the rest of your career, I guess, uh, it, it must be interesting to look at. You know, your it's changed so much from when you started, and and who and technology, I think, is going to be a big factor in in where things go. Um, what do you like about the NHL game right now? And maybe if you could tweak something, what would you tweak? You know, you know what I, I, I mean, I, geez, we could go on forever, but what I, what I love about the game is, is the skill level of these, these guys, like, and, you know, kind of the courage that they have, Lolly, like to, to do plays now, like, it still amazes me when I see a defenseman kind of come around his net and do a little backhand sauce area pass to his, to nowhere, it seems like, or n- not to a player, but just an area into his own slot, and and not even think twice about it. I, um, if when I grew up, when I played, especially on defense, if you ever did anything in your zone on the backhand, I mean, you were immediately put on the bench. Um, so the game's fast. The skill level of these guys is is second to none, and I only see it getting better. Uh, the younger generation of guys that comes in, they they come in and they make it. They make a impact. Um, you know, I think you know moving forward, wh- where do I see or what would I tweak? I, I'm not sure. There's there's much I would tweak. I mean, because I I think the game gets better and better every year. <laughs> and um, you know, I, you sit out there sometimes and you're like, whoa, 
like you know and and so uh i wouldn't mind them maybe adding a few more teams uh that'd be great uh you know that means i could stay out there longer <laughs> so, so that's what i tweak maybe maybe we can get a couple more people Co- to, couple you, more you know, to come up with some of that uh expansion money just to uh so where do you like to work it's uh you, you get you get your choice to work on a saturday night what buildings do you like well i i'm kind of biased to you know the original six uh buildings um and then yeah i'd have to say i mean and obviously i did game 1000 you know there is is vegas is second to none and I've said this to many people. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, uh, you need to go and experience a game live in Las Vegas. And uh, so I know, you know, it, it was a pretty neat thing for me that I was able to, and both LA and, and Vegas were, were unbelievable to myself and my family that night. But that night, a game one. I was fortunate to do game one of the Stanley Cup finals against uh, Washington. And what a great game that was, eh? Like, it was just... Yep. And it was the best game I of remember, that series. Oh, like, I, I mean... I what, say that because yeah. it's the only game Vegas won. <laughs> yeah, but there were so many lead changes. Yeah. And there were so... I mean, but I just remember like, kind of the first couple minutes, like, I mean, looking around and, and kind of going, oh... Oh my! You know what I'm saying? Like quite a show, eh? It's not like uh, you know, not like um, just skating out and dropping the puck with uh, yeah, old Canada coming out of a little PA system. It's a bit, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it is, and and so I think you know, um, yeah. So that that, you know, I I would say original six, and then you you add in Vegas into that uh, category. But but then in the end, you know what? Uh, You know, my I guess my work station is. 31 buildings. Yeah. So you really can't beat it, right? So, so Do you like then, to travel? I, I do like to travel. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I get I get to go to different cities, experience different cities, uh, see different things. I know we're a little bit of creatures of habit with in terms of where we stay and what we do, but you know, it's kind of it's kind of neat. You get to uh, you know, I don't I'm a guy who likes to get out and about and and walk around and um you know, it's hey, you get you get paid to go travel. You know, travel around North America. How many Marriott um, points do you have? Oh, I got a yeah, I got a few right, and then and then I think of like look where hockey's brought me. I, I did a preseason game in San Juan, Puerto Rico, about 10, 12 years ago. No kidding. Florida played the New York Rangers. So so it, you know, like it's um, it, it, you know, you look what everything I have is is because of the game of hockey, right? If they play in uh, July and August, if they you know if they decide to to do the Stanley Cup playoffs, then um, what would that be like? I think it'd be great. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I I think you know obviously we're you know it's we're all trying to uh, follow the guidelines of what the CDC and and we're thankful uh, for all the people that um, on the front lines there and and what they're doing and. And we pray that everyone's safe and, and healthy. And um, to me, I think if if we can be back and play sometime this summer, that that means we we've kind of uh, 
got this under, you know, under control and, and everyone. So I think that would be a positive for everyone, you know, in the world. Well, that's a perfect place to, to wrap this up. That was really well said, Wes. And uh, I echo your sentiments uh, 100%. Uh, it's, uh, that's strange. You know what I mean? You're just, uh, you're hoping that, uh, that everybody can be safe and healthy. And then you, you realize that that's just not the case. There's lots of, lots of people are sick and lots of people are hurting financially. And, uh, just, uh, just pray that we can diminish that and mitigate it as much as we can and, and, uh, and get back to some, some form of normalcy. This was fantastic. It's, uh, felt like we were just, uh, sitting on a couple of stools at the fours in, uh, in Boston or, uh, <laughs> or, or one of those places just like it. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. No, I appreciate you thinking of me there, Lolly, and and having me on there. And so it's, uh, you know, it's pretty neat. And so, all right, great. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll see you soon, or I'll I'll, I'll be in touch soon, right? I look so. forward to my to the. Uh, well, I, I I'm one of those people that when they hand out the the lineups before the games, I you know one of the first things I do is I go look down to the bottom and see who's. Uh, who yeah. the who the officials are and uh and uh, I like different guys all like for for different reasons you know and uh um obviously uh, we have a friendship and I think you're uh uh and no matter what Wacom says I think you're the best so uh, just <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell the fans too I'm working on my announcements don't worry eh? all right you're, you're practicing at home here right <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, you know, when your wife goes to goes to put something in the dishwasher if she puts it in the wrong place two minutes for that cup on the wrong level is that uh, is that what you're up to right now well, she's got to put it in the dishwasher first, Lolly. That's my job now. Jeez. All right. I, I hear you. All right, Wes. Thanks a lot. This was fantastic. Okay. Great. All right. See you, Lolly. That was longtime National Hockey League referee Wes McCauley. He has been a constant presence in the Stanley Cup final, one of hockey's best referees, and one of hockey's most well-known referees. This is the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. This was a special edition of the interview series. I'm Gary Lawless. Thanks for listening.